Pastor Anders has been on vacation this last week, taking a break after what is a very long and stressful Holy Week and Easter, and especially with all the live streaming and community services. So we send you our best wishes and um, know that you're settling into your home and you'll be back to work tomorrow, and we have missed you. Well, the Sunday after Easter. Most churches have a very light-hearted worship liturgy and sermon on the Sunday after Easter. I've always thought that the reason for doing that, like in the scripture for today, Jesus, who had been crucified, dead, and buried, walked into a gathering of his disciples two weeks later and said, Thomas, here's my hands. Feel my hands. Peace be with you. But really, maybe Jesus said, Thomas, the joke's on you. But you know what? I'm not really in a lighthearted mood today. I just don't have it in me. I know it's April and it's a beautiful sunny day, but it's still feels like March to me. Freezing and cloudy and dreary. And my heart is heavy. March was very difficult. Most of you know that from reading the letter in the newsletter that I will be retiring from ministry the first weekend of July this summer, and a reminder that this date was chosen so that I can hopefully enjoy one more vacation Bible school with our congregation and with our kiddos, who I miss so much. You know, last summer we had everything ready for our Knights of the North Castle theme vacation Bible school. Everything ready, and we had volunteers ready, and we had everything lined up, ready to go. We waited as long as we possibly could before deciding it simply would not be safe. So we canceled. We were all so disappointed. I don't even have the words. But I do know that, um, you know, if you've ever been or you've had somebody in your family come to Bible school here at Greenfield, each year is a different theme. We have a different puppet um, Graham Barish has uh, worked the puppet stage the last number of years. So this year we had Sparky the fire-breathing dragon puppet ready. We had all of our frozen friends ready. We had penguins and we had reindeer and snowmen ready. And so just imagine how many times Sven and Olaf asked me, can we do this? Are we there yet? And I had to finally say, no, we can't. And to Olaf in particular, I had to say, please, please, just let it go. But March was tough for other reasons. 
more and more people are grieving loved ones. And we hold you in our prayers. First birthdays without a special someone. Lost income. The pain and the uncertainty feels never-ending. Okay, I have to take a breath. But you know, for me, there's another reason. You may know that I have a second part-time job as the community school organizer at Bingham Farms Elementary School. <clears throat> My role is to coordinate interaction between the um, preschool through fifth grade students, staff, and the community. Well, we can't have volunteers in the building. We can't have parents come in. I can't even give tours of the building. So we've got preschoolers and kindergartners who've come to this school that had never seen the inside and their parents and their grandparents have never seen except on a video on a zoom the inside of their child's classroom for all of the teachers all of the teachers and the school staff in our congregation i I don't want to even think that I would know what everybody in the congregation does for their children's schools or as volunteers. I know people tutor. But, oh, I pray for you every day. But back to the month of March. You know, our students went back um, full day our K through five students who were half day, two hours and then went home and then some came in the afternoon, they went back face to face. Teachers got twice as many students in their classrooms in one week's time. It's been tough because kids are struggling with such limited interaction, sitting so far apart, plexiglass shields, um, some kids eat lunch at 10.30 in the morning and some kids eat lunch at 1.30 in the afternoon because we have to spread them out in the cafeteria. They walk through the hallways quiet and their eyes are downward. March. My heart was so heavy. And in Berkeley and in Birmingham, we had spring break the last week of March. So now in April, we came back right after Easter, full force, right into testing season. But March was reading month. And in our school, reading is our lucky charm. That was our theme this year. Okay, so we had this great idea. We're going to collect boxes of cereal, lucky charm, get it? to donate to Gleaner's Food Pantry. That is, that's a great idea. That's a wonderful idea. Our plan then was to build a domino run 
with the boxes of cereal throughout the whole school. You can Google it. Schools have done this. We took on the challenge. Okay, so we have two weeks to do this, right? We are down to 200 students because so many have stayed in the virtual academy. So two weeks, 200 students, no big deal. We can do a hallway. Every day, the kids came into school with bags of boxes of cereal, right? And the collection boxes, like, you know, a, a stove-sized box, just kept filling, and I'd empty it. And it kept filling, and I'd empty it. And that's all great. We were so excited. These families are going to have all this cereal. But here's the thing. It's my job to set up the domino run through the school. A piece of cake, right? Until I knock it over and it starts falling, right? Okay, so fast forward. Remember, we have 200 students. Okay, we can do this. We come down to the last day before break and we're going to do this. Put out the boxes of cereal. 500 boxes of cereal. Piece of cake. The domino run went through the entire building, all around every corner. So the kids finally get to come out into the hallway in the, in the school, where normally they're just coming in and out of the outside door. They don't interact with anybody because of COVID. And, you know, they're against, they're all, they are, everybody has masks on, and we're all backed up against the wall. Please, God, don't let anybody knock over these boxes. Countdown got more and more loud. I'm not kidding you. The cheering and the clapping, crying, <laughs> was amazing, right? For the first time in this school year, there was the sound of happy children and happy teachers. We were crying tears of joy. Now, it might, you know, I might have been crying more than others because obviously then I had to go and collect 500 boxes of cereal and repack them and help load them onto the gleaner's truck, but it was life-changing. It was an experience I will never forget. The kids were in the hallway next to each other, cheering and laughing. Who would have thought? So, okay, so I guess now we'll talk about the resurrection. <laughs> That's really why you're here. Um, but it was, it was such a gift. I never, never imagined. We know that in the beginning was the gift, and the gift was with God, and the gift was God. Gifts upon gifts, gifts exploding, imploding, gifts of light, gifts of darkness, swirling and spinning, being born and dying, some vast secret of a plan. 
all manners of things in the beginning. Creeping, crawling things, flying, singing, swimming, slithering things, standing, walking things. To those who receive the gift also is given a choice. How do we treat that gift? Will it be used to destroy or to heal? The earth from beginning of time has awaited our response. Now, some may remember in May of 1992, during the siege of Sarajevo, a mortar shell exploded one afternoon at 4 p.m. outside a bakery in a city where a long line of people stood to buy bread to have something to eat that day. 22 people were killed instantly and hundreds more wounded seriously in this explosion. But despite the danger, the next day, hungry people were once again lined up to buy bread. So desperate were they for food. But this day was different. For at 4 p.m., the principal cellist of the Sarajevo Opera appeared in front of the bakery carrying a chair and a black instrument case. He was dressed in a formal black suit. He sat down and he played the mournful adagio. And for the next 22 days, he came to this very same spot in front of the bakery at precisely 4 p.m. and played his cello. The passion of this courageous act and the evocative power of his music brought hope and determination to this besieged city. It makes me think of rumors of resurrection of innuendos, of incarnation. And then there's another place and another time. Defiant as a child who refuses to let the story close sadly, she minded again, searching the first page for a clue that would foretell calamity. Her name is Joanna. And she is one of the women who appeared at the empty tomb on Christmas, Christmas, sorry, Easter morning. Joanna's story goes like this. I could barely sleep. The morning's errand loomed over the night. A monstrous boulder dominated my dreams, and I felt crushed beneath its weight raising my hands against its flinty surface. That night followed the most nerve-wracking Sabbath I had ever spent. Any holy thoughts I might have had were lost in worrying about that dark tomb, um, the stench and the violence we might face there the next morning. For the tenth time, I checked my supplies, cloths and spices, balm for that broken body. Would we have enough? Would the guards stop us? Could we even budge that stone? 
Keeping my mind busy with these worries kept me from confronting my real fear. How could a stone tomb contain him? My friends looked exhausted as well when we gathered in the half-light of dawn. We'd had a sleepless night, and we were anxious to begin that day, no matter how terrible it might be. Something more powerful than our questions drove us to the very sad task ahead. Maybe it was the memory of the bruises on his hands turning violet. Maybe it was his insistence at our last meal together, remember me. Maybe it was the look on his mother's face as she wept bitter tears of unspeakable grief. So out into the morning mist we go, one last time to see him to anoint his broken body with the sacrament of healing. From a distance, I thought that stone loomed larger and darker than I remembered. And as we got closer, I realized that wasn't a boulder, but it was a dark and gaping hole. The stone was rolled away. The linen cloths were cast aside. There was no body in this tomb. And our steps quickened. Was I seeing things that did not exist? Or did glimmers of white flicker inside the tomb? I grabbed Mary's hand for courage as we stepped inside that cold cavern. Our, bar our eyes barely had time to adjust to the darkness before we heard a voice. I will never forget those strange words gently spoken. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. At first, the words were whispered softly, but then a second time pronounced unmistakably. This was the voice of my teacher, the same voice I knew, the voice, the face that I loved. My knees gave way, my heart and my hands reached out to hold the one who has taken his last breath before my eyes. I knelt before a mystery. His death was real, but if I squinted, the welts and the nail marks disappeared. I could imagine that his robe had never been shredded. His song had never been stifled. stifled. Would every sadness unravel so quickly? Could I believe that the mute would speak, the blind would see? Would I ever believe 
that this was anything more than rumor and innuendo. But suddenly, all that he had taught me made sense. And I laughed at the twist of the murderous plot. I loved him fiercely for trouncing death, for dancing death into life, end into beginning. You and I know that even in the most agonizing of moments, we Christians have no right to forget that we have been born to experience the resurrection. We have no right to deny that we are Christ's servants, a people belonging to God, a people who will be sent out to love the least likely. We have no right to discount the power of a brazen faith that will ask for and accept prayers of healing and forgiveness. We have no right to refuse to take the next step on our journey. There were those who heard rumors of Joanna's experience at the tomb and scoffed. Those poor fools. But you and I know her words to be true. For the rest of our lives, we will brazenly proclaim the words, He is not here. He is risen. Gazing into any deep hole of hopelessness, any valley of despair, any problem that defies logic, our faith will witness that the stone has been forever rolled away. You and I will believe that this is more than rumor and innuendo. You and I will declare that this is the word of God and this is good news. And thanks be to God. Amen.